Our scripture this morning comes from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Jesus said to the disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I'll take you myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to Philip, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, but if you do not, then believe because the works themselves very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask for anything, I will do it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Loving God, God, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be good and filled with peace this morning. In the name of the one who brought peace. Amen. My God's home has many dwelling places. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I go there to prepare a place for you? This passage from John this morning is kind of a homecoming story. Yes, it's a little mysterious. Yes, Jesus once again speaks in riddles. But there's something so natural and welcoming about what Jesus offers here. As you, Southport Congregational Church, look toward a new program year, I thought it would be worthwhile to, well, dwell on the idea of dwelling places. But first, a quick explanation. Since this is my last Sunday, I've shared a lot of stories over our four weeks together which you have gracefully accepted. Stories are nice to hear in summer months, I think. When there are fewer people and we're getting to know each other, sure, 
Yes. But more importantly, I've been trying to model how stories are integral to creating community, to our life together, to, in fact, create dwelling places of welcome, generosity, curiosity, connection. And so as we move deeper into this time, I may share another story or two. Now back to your regularly scheduled sermon. Homecomings can be powerful opportunities to reconnect with family and and friends. Homecomings can be transformational experiences. However, for others, the word homecoming actually rings with a hollow gong. Perhaps home was not safe, not fun, not welcoming. So I think the experience of homecoming, as Jesus describes it using the phrase dwelling place, can be elusive for some for at least two reasons. One, for some the idea of home is difficult because they literally don't have a home. Or because home has become dangerous, a place where belonging and beloved ones are replaced by disconnection or disapproval. Two, for others, homecoming is elusive because as a society, and especially as a post-pandemic society, many of us have become obsessed, obsessed with being somewhere we're not. I've seen this described as a somewhere else mentality. The grass is always greener over the next hill, we say. In today's reading, Philip asks to know more in order to be satisfied. It's difficult to appreciate the deep satisfaction of dwelling place when dissatisfaction and distraction are preventing us from paying attention. For some of us, life is just plain busy, and frankly, we I'll use I statements here. I let it be busy. What's next? Where are we going now? Instead of sitting back to watch a sunset in the evening, we chase the sun, trying to catch it, to outrun it, which inevitably leaves us exhausted and unsatisfied. Now, as many of you know, Because I've said it so many times, I was born in the great state of Maine and spent most of my formative years there in Maine. But briefly, very briefly, when I was in elementary school, my parents and I lived in Philadelphia. And in those early years in Philadelphia, when summer came, we drove north to Maine to Old Orchard Beach, where my Nana lived. Old Orchard Beach stretches seven beautiful miles along the main coast. And during the summer, it's occupied by sunbathers and sandcastle builders and and the, the kids with those little floaty things on their arms. And it's also a great place to surf. 
One summer when I was in second or third grade, I became obsessed with surfing. I sat in the sand watching the surfers zigzag over the waves. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to paddle aboard out into the frothy blue water. It looked so magical out there. I started dropping hints to my parents, and by hints, I mean something akin to Ralphie in a Christmas story. Mom, Dad, wouldn't it be great to try surfing? Only a week passed by, and I was the proud owner of a styrofoam boogie board. Not a surfboard, I know, but real surfers have to start somewhere. When we arrived at the beach, I ran down to the water with the board and gazed out at the surf, three to four foot swells, perfect for a beginner. I just had to get out there. I flopped on the board, paddled away from shore. I'm not sure how long I paddled or how far I went, but I remember glancing back over my shoulder and realizing my mom was a tiny stick figure on a massive sand of dune. Dune of sand. Maybe this is far enough, I thought, sitting up. I turned the board around to face the shore and realized that she continued to get smaller, though I was no longer paddling away. Later, I would learn I paddled into one of Old Orchard Beach's undertoes, which was pulling me out into the open ocean. But at that moment... As my heart began to pound, I knew that the blue water was no longer inviting. It was dark and foreboding. Its depths held unknown creatures. And there was only one place I wanted to be. Back there. Back with my parents. I paddled furiously, frenetically, but still my mom got smaller and smaller. I sat up and started screaming at the top of my lungs, help, help. My dad, who'd just undergone foot surgery, hobbled to the waterline, but it was clear he couldn't make it out to me. But a stranger came, bounding down the beach and into the water. He dove in and with massive strokes, he made it out to me, the little kid drifting out to sea. When he reached me, he grabbed the styrofoam board and said something goofy like, all aboard, get it? Board? Surfboard? <laughs> and I just whispered to him, can you please take me back to the beach, mister? No problem, kid, he said. Just hang on. And with that, he pulled me to shore. As soon as the water was shallow enough, I hopped down, practically crawled to the beach, and I was never so happy to see my parents. The next morning, when we arrived back at Old Orchard Beach, I sat in the sand, looking out at the water, the only place I wanted to be was there with the surfers, out there. Sometimes this is how life unfolds. 
with that aching desire to be somewhere we are not. Maybe this is why Jesus focuses on the idea of dwelling place. A dwelling place is somewhere you pause, you linger, you stay because it's safe and confined and worthy of your time. In the movie The Wizard of Oz, soon after singing, Somewhere over the rainbow, with that longing in her voice, Dorothy runs away from home, and a short time later, she finds herself, indeed, somewhere over the rainbow, in a merry little place called Oz. And almost immediately after arriving, where does she want to be? Back home. If our own sense of belonging or lack of it leaves us dissatisfied, if our experience of home is that it's a dangerous place, if we long to belong, then how and where do we find the security and the peace to be who we are, where we are? Where do we find that dwelling place? What does Glinda say to Dorothy at the end of The Wizard of Oz? Well, it echoes Jesus' words. When the wizard's hot air balloon lifts off without Dorothy, Dorothy is distraught and asks, Oh, will you help me? Can you help me? And Glinda responds, You don't need to be helped any longer. You've always had the power to be, to go. The power was always in your grasp. Finding the key to our own sense of belonging, our truest dwelling place, to our own experience of self and of God and of community happens through the relationships we have. The scarecrow, the lion, the tin man, They realized they had what they wanted all along. These discoveries came not from within their own selves, but instead they came by banding together to help a friend. Their bravery, their heart, their love, their brain, their mind were always parts of them. But they weren't made manifest until they joined together to help their friend Dorothy. It was only then that they realized that they sought, they sought already, that what they sought already dwelled within them, among them. And that's interesting, of course. There's another time that Jesus talks about his father's house, as I mentioned last week. Then Jesus says, some will say to you that the kingdom of heaven is over there or over there or up there. But I say to you that the kingdom is within you. It's already within. You already have it.
So a final story. One morning when I was late for work, I ran out of my apartment. Maybe you've had this kind of day too. Down to my car only to realize I didn't have my keys. I ran back up to the apartment, tried the door, and realized with a sinking feeling that I was locked out. From the front porch, I noticed that the kitchen window was unlocked, so I slid it open. The only way to get in the window was face first over the sink, so I started to shimmy in. At one point, I placed a hand back against the wall to give myself a little push and accidentally flipped the garbage disposal, which roared to life inches from my face. So startled, I backed out, deciding to try something else. From the same porch, I leaned out over the railing and tried my bedroom window, which was also ajar. With some awkward finesse, I slid this window open two stories above the parking lot. I had to climb from the railing to the windowsill. Again, the only way in was really face first. As I managed to get my head and chest through the window, I lost my balance and I fell into the room, but not all the way because my belt buckle caught on the windowsill. <laughs> At that moment, I'm not sure which startled me more, dangling upside down with my face just inches from the floor or the sound of my keys falling out of my pocket <laughs> and landing next to my head. There I was literally turned upside down by my efforts, holding the keys to the door all along. I had the key to where I needed to go all along. Sometimes it just happens by accident, moments of serendipity that open us up by us being open to them. But I think more often than not, finding the key to our experience of belonging, to our own experience of self, happens through the relationships we have. If we learn to take life in small chunks, one day at a time, in order to appreciate the life we have, the people we love, who also love us, and the dwelling places where we experience belonging, we could click our heels together in that moment, open our eyes, and realize we haven't gone anywhere because we're exactly where we wanted to be all along. So where is your dwelling place? It's a question worth pondering. And I think it's worth remembering Jesus' intention behind his words, and it's worth remembering that we call this space a sanctuary for more than one reason, because it has more than one definition. Sanctuary, from the Oxford Dictionary, means a place of safety. Yes, also a place of worship, but a place of safety. It's a dwelling place for hearts, minds, spirits, Jesus says that his father's house has many dwelling places and that he goes to prepare one for his friends. 
Similarly, we come here and prepare a place together, remembering that though the doors of the building may lock, the gates of the community are swung wide. May that continue to be so. Amen.